You know there's a way for nurses to start a business, but there's so many moving pieces. Cut to the crap. It's time to go right to the source and get real about what's working in business and marketing for nurses with your host, the founder of Nursepreneurs, Katie Harris. Hi, it's Katie, and it's another episode of the Nursepreneur Podcast, and today I have Kimball Walters, who is the founder of Elite Concierge Nurses. Uh, very excited to have her on today, and we are going to talk about how she got started and where she is now with her business. So thank you so much, Kimball, for coming on uh, the show. Oh, thank you, Katie, for having me. Sure. So listen, um, concierge nursing is becoming increasingly popular. I think a lot of people are catching on to this idea. Uh, so, you know, I definitely want to talk about that. But first, tell us, give us a little bit, bit of background of your nursing career, where you got started and how it kind of led to where you are in your business today. Okay. All right. Well, uh, way back when, <laughs> I started out actually as a unit clerk. Um, in labor and delivery unit uh, in the same hospital that I'm working in now, uh, actually. But uh, then I went and I got my CNA license and was a patient care tech. And then I went to nursing school. And I think I've been a serial nursing school student for a long, long time. <laughs> Literally, I started in 2002 or three. And I finally finished my master's in 2017. So that's a lot of years of nursing school on and off. Uh, so I've, you know, worked mother baby, labor and delivery, uh, NICU. Um, and most recently, I guess I say recent, but since 2007 or so, I've been in outpatient surgery. Uh, which is yeah, that's not so recent ago. <laughs> no, so a lot of years in outpatient surgery. And that's kind of what led me to where I am now. My own experiences with surgery and just uh, seeing the increase in outpatient patient surgeries and how people are uh, going home the same day for surgeries that they used to stay two or three days for a long time ago. Now they're same day surgeries. Uh, so things are changing a lot. And that kind of led me to where I am now. So what, what is it that you think that's different for patients, like if they just go home versus staying in the hospital? Oh, wow. Okay. So um, let's just take like a GYN patient that has had a hysterectomy. Okay. Uh, most of those patients at least would stay one night and some of them still do, but there are quite a few doctors now send their hysterectomy patients home the same day and they don't know really what to do. They're, they're still, you know, they still have a lot of anesthesia in their system. Some of them don't have um, family support at home and the ones that do may not have family that have any medical background. Um, so they really are, not only um, they're scared, but their knowledge base on, you know, what to expect, even though we try to teach them before they go, it's, it's just too soon, I guess, to soak it all in. So staying in the hospital, you have someone with eyes on you 24-7. <laughs> you know, we have hourly rounding that we have to do on all of our patients. So, you know, there's someone looking at you every hour going home, you could sleep, 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 or, you know, miss your doses of medication, and then you wake up in so much pain, you don't know what to do, because there was no one there to wake you up to give you your medicine. 
So, right. um, I yeah. would think that, yeah. you know, the, the discharge process in terms of, uh, you know, a person still having anesthesia effects being on and they feel fine when the anesthesia is <laughs> still going yeah. on, not soaking in as, as much. Um, right. How much the discharge is started like before the process and how much do you think they really understand? Well, you know, honestly, um, I don't, I think people are so um, anxious before surgery, you can teach them and maybe they, you know, get 10% of what you're really <laughs> trying to teach them about for after surgery because of the anxiety and stress and just the unknown, I guess. Um, so even though we do start to teach people, you know, prior to surgery, they get a little bit of that, but, you know, once they've had anesthesia, it's, it's like 51st dates, you start all over. <laughs> so, um, you know, I, I don't think much of it sticks in the beginning, you know. Do you ever get patients that call the surgery center after surgery, just like with issues or concerns or... Oh yeah, definitely. Um, all the time, actually. Um, and unfortunately, you know, we have to tell them, you know, what we've told them before they left already, but then we refer them to their doctor's office because at that point they're discharged from the hospital. So this is, this is what led me to where I am now. All of these things, you know, um, like I said, I've seen people come in and I know for a fact they are not ready to go home. Um, even though it's an outpatient surgery, it qualifies as an outpatient surgery, just um, the lack of knowledge and the, the fear that you see is unbelievable. So, um, and even I had a, my own personal incident um, where I had throat surgery and I'm a nurse, you know, for a lot of years, this was only a few years ago, and uh, I was sent home <laughs> with liquid hydrocodone uh, for throat surgery. And my mom was there to take care of me, which she has no medical background at all. She's very sweet, but she came from out of town to take care of me. And she, every time I asked for my medicine, she'd give it to me. And I look up a couple of days later and I'm always out of medicine. And that medicine should have lasted me for 10 days. Oh, well. Because I was taking too much of it <laughs> because she would just give it to me because she thought, well, you're a nurse. You know how often you can take it. <laughs> <laughs> and so I finally oversleep one day and um, wake up a little bit more and realize, oh my goodness, where is all my medicine? And I thought, had I had a nurse to come and just check in on me, you know, day one and teach my mom, maybe write down when my last medication was, when the next one's due, how often, and just have it on paper for her to refer back to and, you know, just make sure everything is okay. I think that would have made a world of difference. Yeah, for me, for my mom, for everyone. Yeah. Yeah, because I mean, we can give um, standard discharge instructions for things that, you know, are just like those big item things. But then there's the little things where somebody has to make a decision on their own without yes. any resource. Right. And that interpretation of the discharge instructions, you know, might not cover it at all. <laughs> right, right. Interpretation is something else because non medical people see things totally different. You know, and, you know, most people that haven't surgery, you know, the, the people that I'm planning on taking care of are more than likely non-medical people, you know. So um, that's what we'll be doing to help ease the stress and anxiety, make things clear and plain and just be a good support to everyone.
Yeah, and I think, you know, as surgery gets more and more, I don't like the word easy, because I don't think that's a good word for surgery, but straightforward, like yes. most surgeons can do most surgeries easily, and they can do them fast and efficiently, but that doesn't equate to send the patient home at the same day type of, you know, because the patients, it's their first time with this experience, so they're not fast and efficient and straightforward with the surgery. So surgery has to be treated as if it were like the very first time. So, um, you know, do your patients go home with drains and how, how do they deal with those? And yes, yes, especially, I'm sorry, Katie, especially the um, plastic surgery patients. um, Lots of them have drains and all kinds of dressings and garments that they have no clue about. And um, even though I believe the the offices, they try to do a good job with educating, like you mentioned earlier, before surgery. Um, And then we do our job, you know, at the surgery center with trying to give out the education. There's just something about being in the moment with these drains and things pinned to you and hanging off of you that it's totally, totally different than just someone telling you about it beforehand, you know? So yeah, they have lots of drains and garments and dressings and have to walk a certain way, have to sleep a certain way, you know? (laughs) So let me ask you a question. Um, What do you think patients have been doing up until now? Like before your company was formed, like what is kind of their solution to this problem? Well, um, I know for a fact that many of them, uh, when if they don't have anyone to help them, they end up canceling their case sometimes, you know. Um, but for the ones that don't, they maybe have a friend or maybe a family member and they just try to tough through it. Um, but they end up making a lot of phone calls that are unnecessary, um, making even visits to the ER when they really shouldn't have had to go to the ER. Um, or just, you know, making do, maybe not going to therapies when they should have. Um, I know of a shoulder patient that was supposed to go to therapy the very next day after her shoulder surgery, and she didn't go because they didn't have any openings. And instead of her saying, no, I have to go, you have to fit me in, she waited a few days and her shoulder really froze up on her. Oh, wow. um, Yeah, and so, you know, she needed someone to advocate for her and call them and say, hey, no, this can't wait. <laughs> she needs to get in here and get this done. So whenever you can fit her in, we'll be there, you know, um, and just kind of make sure that the instructions are followed and that, you know, you don't have a frozen shoulder or a problem that you didn't have to have. Right. And I think that's a huge point, Kimball, because like, you know, most lay people, I would say, or people that aren't in the medical field wouldn't realize that it's an option to argue with the surgery center or to argue with the therapy center and just say, no, you need to do this. And that's what do. They're really good at at doing that. And there's always an alternative, an option, a a spot, a fit in, something like that. And that it's so important to, to get that done because I think even myself like I you know if it were up to me I'd kind of be like oh I don't want to bother them or you know I think there's a lot of that Uh, yes a lot of that goes on um people feel like um you know they're a burden on their family or friends and you know many of them like I said 
many of them just end up canceling their case, even though they may need the surgery. Um, most outpatient surgeries are elective, okay? Even though, you know, yes, you have a bad knee or hip or shoulder or you need a hysterectomy, it's still considered elective. So they can elect to cancel <laughs> their case all because they don't have a ride or they don't want to be a burden or they don't want to be alone. They're, you know, their stress and anxiety really overcomes them. Yeah. And, you know, also with that aspect of not wanting to bother people, like, you know, I don't know that uh, your mom or your friend or somebody would be comfortable calling a surgeon at three in the morning if you woke up and you were in severe pain or you're bleeding or there's something because most people would be like, oh, but it's three in the morning. And I know he said it's number and you know I know I told me to call him but it's it's intimidating for nurses to do it let alone like a family member or friend or or somebody that's not even secure in in what they're assessing yes exactly I totally agree yeah no I can't see my mom ever picking up the phone at three in the morning to call a, a surgeon and that's exactly who she should be calling if there's an issue so yes I agree with right. you there yeah, and I think when you get an experienced nurse who's not afraid to call the surgeon and not afraid to be, you know, yelled at if if she overreads the situation or something, you know, it's nurses are very confident, I think, in that in their yes. role in that way. Definitely. Um, it's all about the patient and it's all yeah. about um, <laughs> nursing them back to health. So yes, whatever by any means necessary is how I feel about that as far as being a patient advocate. Yes. So tell me about your company um, and how you have it set up. Okay, so um, Elite Concierge Nurses, um, I am, I guess, the founder, yes, <laughs> and, um, I am, and I'm, I'm still kind of new to me, but I've gathered um, several nurses nurses that I know, they're fantastic nurses um, that have experience in multiple areas. You know, ICU, all of them have some type of surgery experience, recovery room, um, pre-op OR, um, just med surge, everything. Um, And so we are advocating for patients. We are, our specialty is uh, taking care of post-surgical patients, of course. So some of the services we offer are uh, pre-op surgery coaching services. So to help people get ready and plan for those big surgeries that they're having um, after after surgery coaching and care. Um, So we will be there to help you when you go home. Um, We'll be at the hospital. We can pick you up, take you home. We can, you know, take you to your procedure. and we'll be there to reinforce those discharge instructions um, and just meet your every need. Uh, So I mentioned transportation because some people just need transportation. So we will be available to take you to and from procedures. So let me ask you something about transportation. Um, Why can't people just take like an Uber or a Lyft or a taxi cab or something? Well, because those companies can't um, take responsibility for these patients who've had medication, um, some sort of mind-altering medication, anesthesia or propofol or something. You know, they can't um, sign them out and say, "Okay, I'll, I'll, I'm going to be responsible for them for X amount of hours." Or they just they don't even walk them to the door. You know, they'll get them in the car. The nurse will help get them in the car, and 
when they get to where they're going, they're going to say, okay, thanks, bye. And so it's not, it's a liability. And I don't think these companies really want to take on that type of liability. Right. And does the surgery center verify that you actually have a ride before you go into surgery? Yes. Yes, we do. That's one of the main things that we verify um, because we want to make sure that all bases are covered. You know, we don't want you to go to surgery and then get out and then we discover, oh, you know, there's no way to go home. (laughs) So, yes, that's a biggie for us. So that's a huge part of your business is offering that service. Yes, it is. Definitely. Um, Even before I got started, there were multiple cases that came across, you know, my desk about uh, transportation services for different patients, different reasons. So it's been really um, an educational experience for me (laughs) to learn, even though I've worked in that setting, just seeing the different people and the reasons they don't have a ride and just it's becoming more and more every day. You know, it's that it's a growing issue. Okay, so you saw this kind of huge problem, and it's it's really it's just a, a huge healthcare problem. Um, so you yes. create your business, the Elite Concierge Nursing. Um, so, you know, how far are you into the business, and what have been kind of like your biggest obstacles? Okay, so I'm so happy to say um, this week was my launch week. <laughs> Uh, Yes, I met with um, a plastic surgeon's office this past week that was very excited about this service and offering it to some of their patients that they think would benefit greatly from it. And um, I just have many more that's coming up uh, appointments. So um, I'm really excited. So officially launched, um, ready and waiting. Uh, So super excited, but very, very nervous. Uh, I know this stuff like the back of my hand, you know, that I've lived this since, like I said, 2007 at least. Um, And I've been a nurse for 15 years altogether. So my nursing skills are great. I'm excited, but new at business. I'm very new at business. So uh, that part is a little, it makes me a little bit nervous. Give me butterflies a little bit in my belly. And it should, because it's something that's outside of like your comfort zone and, and businesses really outside the comfort zone of nurses, even though, you know, really we have, it's not just all about expertise, right? It's all, you know, there's right. a whole other element uh, when it comes to, to running a business as well. So, um, so tell me how, like, um, how much of these appointments that you get with these physicians is your personal relationships versus any type of marketing that you're doing versus something else? Okay. Well, um, the one plastic surgeon that I met with, um, they, they do, I do know them from the surgery center um, where I work now. However, there are other offices that I have appointments with that are coming up that are not, that I've actually sent out a brochure and a card and then followed up with a phone call and um, have made an appointment to actually sit down with their um, surgery coordinator and offer them the service and, you know, show them how it can help their business and increase patient satisfaction and decrease phone calls to their office and all types of things. So I'm, I'm really excited about those because I don't have an in to that office like I would you know, the surgeons that actually come to our surgery center. So those will be big wins (laughs) for me, I think. 
Yeah, no, that's huge. And you know what I really like about the the concierge business model is that a lot of it really is about the relationships that you have and the relationships that you can actually form. And yeah. you know, you can't kind of sit behind a computer and send off just emails and hope that everything just starts rolling in. Like you actually have to actively participate and build it yourself. Yeah. Because it's really a slam dunk idea, but marketing is like 100% of your business. Um, so, I mean, we can tweak your website till the, you know, the cows come home, but yes. it doesn't matter unless you have a physician's group that essentially they're endorsing you uh, when they hand out your brochure. Yes. So Thursday I had the meeting with the plastic surgeon's office by Friday. I had um, two other doctors that had heard a little bit about what I'm doing through the staff. Because, of course, you know, I've got cheerleaders <laughs> around. And so they came and, you know, they were asking me about it and asked for uh, my information. And they're super excited. So well, I think the, the physicians that I work with, the surgeons, they are looking now, I believe, from what they're saying, they're looking for opportunities to send my way. So well, I feel super supported. I really do. And it's just a blessing to be able to be a blessing. Um, <laughs> so I'm super excited about that. Yeah, that is awesome, Kimball. Like, I'm really happy for you. Um, so what else, uh, like, how do you see this kind of blossoming over the next, like, year or, or couple of years? Um, like, what are you hoping for? Okay, well, <laughs> I've got big dreams, Katie. <laughs> I, <laughs> I'm hoping that this this will just explode all over, right? Like I'm so busy, I can't even stay in my current position at the hospital. Like I'll have to step down and maybe go PRN or something. Or I, I, I love how you say I have to go PRN, like as no <laughs> nurse could ever give up a job. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I don't want to say I don't want to be there because, you know, I, I've been there a very long time, but at least maybe PRN. But I'm hoping I'm so busy that, you know, I don't have any time for anything else but this and that I'll continue to recruit fantastic nurses to help take care of more and more patients and maybe even start offering more services. Like I would love to incorporate um, IV hydration into this business. Uh, that's, that's a really big goal that I have. Um, and even, even other services. So I've got a whole slew of ideas that I would love to incorporate and just build an empire. So do you think it's helpful to focus on one idea at a time? Like why didn't you just kind of build IV hydration into the business? Yes. Well, you know, in your group, we learned uh, about uh, focusing on one thing at a time. And I do. And in the beginning, I think I had all these ideas and I was trying to put them all on the table. And, you know, before I really could understand better um, and it was just too much. It was overwhelming and you'd have to, you know, do so many things all at one time to try to get going. And it, I just got lost in all of the information. So when I took your advice, of course, and um, toned it down and focused in one area, then it became a lot more clear. It flowed a lot more smoothly. Things started coming together a lot easier, you know. Um, and then you can incorporate different things along the way as you become more stable. So um, I think that is the best plan 
Yeah, and you know, I, I think I, you you know you see that a lot with um, nurses because one of the problems that we have as nurses is that we have so many certifications, so many degrees, so much knowledge, just so much expertise. But I think when sometimes when we try to start a business, we feel like we have to incorporate everything, and it's like we're just so incredible <laughs> that yes. it's like impossible to like incorporate everything that you know and uh, you know focusing on that and that was my problem as well when I first started I wanted to do this 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 and this and all of a sudden it's just like well nobody knows what I do because I do everything and that's just right like, <laughs> and you're, you find yourself all over the place I mm. mean honestly and then you get burnt out really quick so you know you're doing this this and this it's only one of you and yes you have a few nurses that's working with you but they get confused. Okay, what am I doing? Okay, are we doing this today or that today? You know, it just gets to be too much. And then you crash and burn. And I don't want to crash and burn. I want longevity with this. Yeah, because yeah, so. you can just as easily burn out on your business as you can on nursing. You know, it's, just, it's, yeah. just, it's just a different concept. Uh, so tell me about your um, nurses, though. So how do you have like uh, certain requirements uh, that you hire nurses for? And, and uh, you know, do you put them through any kind of like, I mean, because they're representations of you. So do you have any kind of like formal orientation process or anything for them? Uh, yes. Okay. So the few that I have, I know and work with. <laughs> okay. So I, I know their skills. Uh, I do an annual evaluation on them. <laughs> you know, I, I know exactly who they are and what they, what they stand for. However, I do require that they have, you know, of course, BLS and ACLS. Um, all of them have some sort of certification for perioperative services. Uh, ambulatory certification or um, CNOR or, you know, some sort of perioperative type of certification. Uh, they do have to have uh, liability insurance. I really require that. And um, that was a question I, I didn't really know where to go with that, but I've got some advice on it. And so now I'm requiring it um, from each of them. And um, and yes, so for nurses that come in after these few that I have, because I do know them and I know their skills and I've seen them with patients and I know their history, I've worked with them a lot of years. But for the newer nurses that are coming in that I may not know as well, yes, I was an educator for perioperative services. So I'm very well prepared with an orientation plan because you're right, my name is on it and I'm, you know, they're representing me and my company. So I want, you know, excellence. <laughs> um, I want to always strive for excellence. Um, I need someone with a fantastic bedside manner, you know, um, that's not in it for just the money, that's in it to really help people, that they have to have that kind of mentality or it's, you know, it's not going to work. And, um, and definitely, you know, all the other requirements that the other nurses have, BLS, um, ACLS, and some sort of certification would be preferred. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, I think the malpractice, they, they have, I mean, I think nurses, even if they're not working in your business, should have malpractice insurance. So, I mean, it's not that, it's literally like a hundred bucks a year or something. Right. It's not like a bank breaker, um, you know, and it's so important because, you know, if anything anything happens in your career, you want your own insurance. Yes, <laughs> your own, exactly. Your own malpractice. So, 
Um, all right. Well, this is awesome, Kimball. I mean, it sounds really incredible what you're doing. Um, it sounds like you've, you've got it all together. And, and really, like you said, when you first kind of start out, um, you can handpick your nurses. But if you're going to have this explosive growth, um, yeah, you're going to start meeting nurses you don't know. And you, you definitely need some kind of like orientation process because <laughs> um, it's going to be your stamp of approval that goes on everybody. And uh, I mean, it's, it's just so exciting. And um, yeah, we let us know, tell us how we can find out more about your business and, and find out about your services, find out about you. Yes. Okay. So I have a website. Uh, it's www.eliteconciergenurses.com. And today I'm going to launch my Facebook page. Oh. <laughs> so I've been hanging on to it. And so I figure it's time to let it go. <laughs> um, so it will be under Elite Concierge Nurses as well. Um, and so we'll try to, you know, put out the latest and the greatest information and answer questions and maybe do a little education and just um, really, I really want to absorb myself in the community, right? And just bring this service to life because I don't really think we have an official uh, company like this in this area. And so I'm kind of, uh, you know, making the mold, I guess, for it here in, in, our city. So I'd love to get the community involved and get the word out and just uh, make a huge difference in the community. So yeah, and I think your nursing instincts are going to drive your business further than you can imagine. So <laughs> I would heavily rely on <laughs> oh, well, I hope so. That that makes me nervous, Katie. But yes, I I really hope so. <laughs> you, no, I mean, you are a solid, awesome nurse, and uh, really, what you know in nursing will help you uh, go farther. Honestly. Thank you so much. Uh, but thank you so much for doing this this podcast episode with us, and we wish you the best of luck. Well, thank you. I really appreciate it.